0: Hi, this is Dean see here and this is the Tigers Tigers Blah 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 podcast with Luke Flanagan and Rich Walker. Thanks for downloading and enjoy the show.
1: of Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah. With me, Luke Flanagan, and Rich Walker is my co-host. He's here as well. Hello, Rich.
0: I am here. He's here. Keep bringing me back. Oh, always.
1: <laughs> Couldn't do it without you, mate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you'll just keep you keep telling yourself that.
1: No, I know it. I don't need to tell myself that. I know it. <laughs> uh, great episode today, because we don't really talk that much. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it for that reason, actually. It was great.
1: The focus wasn't on what we had to try and synthesise from the last two games. Uh, we had, we have, coming up for you, uh, Andy Dalton from the distinguished and long-serving Hull City podcast, The Amber Nectar. Uh, obviously, it was a fanzine first, but podcast after that. And I know there's been a lot of chat I've seen on social media recently that people still miss The Amber Nectar days.
0: I um, do. I, which... I wish they would come back so that we could stop doing this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to listen to people who are funnier than us, wouldn't
0: it? Well, it, I mean, <laughs> genuinely, um, things we think we think both the column and the podcast were some of the highlights of the week. I think the the column on a Monday morning mm. uh, was was one of my favourite things about a, a city weekend because every week they would just nail hit, it. Yeah. hit the nail on the head. Yeah, they really would, and. You know, everybody likes to have their own opinions reinforced. Mm. But I would consistently read that and think, that's what I think. Yeah. So I know football. Yeah, they know I... football. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know about that. But <laughs> well, I, I, you know fitting. Certainly you know in know my fitting. own case, yeah. yeah. In my case. Um <laughs> I, I certainly think that whole um, City fan culture is poorer for not having Amber Nectar. I'd agree with
1: you with that. I think everybody else would too. We're a, we're a poor man... <laughs> But <laughs> nectar nowhere near as good. But it was a very enjoyable chat with Andy. Um, obviously, we get his thoughts on the season so far and the last few games and lots of things like that and tar- uh, transfer targets and things. So, obviously, we've got that coming up for you. Um, just in a shift around of things. So, I'm just going to do a few thanks and things to start with. And then I'm going to pass over to Rich because he's going to do um, his this week in Hull City history first rather than at the end. It's a, good um, it's a good one. It'll be a good way. one this as well. So a couple of thanks, yeah. obviously, before we start. So obviously we have uh, Danny Johnson and Hull City Ladies are our sponsor. Um, so a massive thanks to those guys. And obviously they're still without football currently. So we're not sure how long that will go for. I know there's, there's a load of National League meetings recently about lower um the lower parts of the pyramid and what they're going to do. So it looks like a bit of a mess to me. Um, I don't think you're ever going to really get any any clubs agreeing. It's going to be self-serving again. So if people are you know wanting to avoid the season, they will do if the bottom will not they, but they'll want it on points per game <laughs> if they're right at the
0: top. So um, I'm not sure what's going to. happen but I mean, did we... surely nobody would take the stance of wanting to avoid the season if you were looking likely to get relegated. What sort of club would do that? I
1: have no idea, mate. No idea. <laughs> Bastards, if you do that, aren't you? All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so massive thanks to those guys. And Fan of Underscore Football as well are our uh, fan partner. Um, so big thanks to them. And they've got their app, um, which they tell me is re- launching very soon. But that has been um, repeated quite a lot. I think it's February. They've got the date of now. But obviously, COVID's ruined quite a lot of things because it's supposed to reward the fans for going to watch football games. And currently, that's not really a, a go, is it? So... Um,
0: <laughs> not sure. Not, <laughs> say no more. Say no more. <laughs> not sure how that's going to. Uh, that's not a goer, but a nod's as good as a wink to a blind bat. Um, so, yes. <laughs> Obscure Python Oskill reference Oskill Python. for absolutely no reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, thank you to our patrons: uh, Lewis Elliott, Danny Nickel, uh, Ewan Jones, Adam Brown, Rich Fleming, Alex O'Neill, Aaron Bell, and Mike Sam. So, thank you to all our supporters and sponsors and patrons and everything. We really appreciate it. Um, now, we're going to start with this week in Hull City history. You've got a cracker for us, haven't you, Rich?
0: Yeah, I do. It's a good one. Good one, this. Go on, then. Good fun. Hit me. So, um, I usually end up just picking a game that's ha- happened on the day on which we're recording and done the same again today. So, Saturday, 21st January 2006. A day that will live in infamy in the <laughs> <laughs> Um Championship game between Stoke City and Hull City at Britannia Stadium. And City won 3-0. Yeah, it's um, Yeah, with remarkably two penalty saves from Bollard Oh, Nihal. that game. Yeah. Yeah, that game. So, I've just been watching the highlights back on, on YouTube. Mm. And it brought back some good memories, and also some horrible ones. <laughs> if we start with the horrible ones, um, Sam Collins was once a centre-back that played for Hull City. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, he gave away two penalties. <laughs> Fucking useless tasser. And you can see on both of them, um, I think the first one, Damien Delaney's kind of standing in camera mm. or in shot, with his hands on his head, just like, what is that? Yeah, what has he done there? Why? Why, (laughs) though? Yeah, (laughs) why you do this, Sam? (laughs) Why you do this? (laughs) And then the second one, Leon Coates, just like, oh, God, Sam. Fucking hell. I can't believe I'm still playing football with Sam Collins. Fucking hell, Sam. Yeah. Ah, but,
1: oh, Bo Mile.
0: Yeah, he did, he came up trumps that day, and... Um, If I remember right, his second penalty stop actually sparked some fights in the home end. (laughs) Amazing. If it didn't get any better,
1: we had six-fingered Stoke fans punching fuck out of each other.
0: Not not well known for their even-handedness and steady tempers. No. Uh, And I don't know if it it, it was that game... You've not been to their ground, have you? I've never been to Stoke. No, it doesn't Doesn't appeal to
1: me. Um, Obviously, I'd always go watch City wherever, but it seems like a very freezing cold, soulless, horrible stadium.
0: Yeah, yeah. With added Delilah. (laughs) You're not far off. (laughs) That's Uh, what I've been told
1: from people who've been there anyway. (laughs) Mike Hassan, one of our patrons, Mike Hassan told me that when he went in the Premier League, uh, you probably went too, but I think it was the away game. He said he got coined there, so... That's I think this was the game. Oh, was
0: it? I, that's what I was going to say. I, I can't remember if it was this game or another one, but I can remember being held back mm. afterwards. Um, and they've got this weird enclosure around the away end and it's like where you come out, it's it, it, directly into the kind of car park where there's embankments up to the pavements, but then there's fencing around that. Right. I'm sure it was that way, where we were having coins, chucked at us and stuff like well, that. Well, I, I remember
1: right? going to Millwall um, and they had something similar, that was a couple of years after but um, mm. yeah, it' not the friendliest
0: <laughs> No, no, not the friendliest or brightest, I do remember somebody, I think it was that game as well I can't remember, it might have been the year after but I remember somebody nicking Danny Cole's socks out of his bag <laughs> <laughs> as, as the players exited uh, the ground we'd been held back that long that the players were changed by the time we were let go and they'd, they'd been Brought out into the book. Fucking hell, how long we kept behind
1: like an hour? Ages,
0: ages. Jesus and, Christ! And yeah, it's 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 not a fun place to go. No. It, I mean, it was this day because the, if we move on to the goals, the first one was an own goal that for some reason Stuart Elliott tried to claim. He peels away like it was his goal. Cheeky <laughs> bastard. Yeah, if you watch it back, he's just stood near it. Brilliant. He's, he's involved in the play that forces it. It's, it's he's, so he's, he's, at least, he's at
1: least grabbing the assist for that, because he says without him it wouldn't work. Uh, it wouldn't well, score, but I'm sure he, he could get away with that, but he, he tried to claim it. He didn't
0: even have the touch on the ball before it went in. <laughs> it's, it's pretty reminiscent of, of City of this season, actually, because it's a brilliantly worked free kick from Keith Andrews and Delaney, and it comes in, you've got court towering over, and then... He puts a header towards the back post that Elliot's made a leap for, and a Stoke player tries to clear it, but he clatters it off his own player's heel and it goes across the line, and then Elliot peels away like he's scored. Flips. Well, no, he didn't, because Keith Andrews got hold of him, so he wasn't able to. Uh,
2: um,
0: but yeah, and then this, the next two goals, John Parkin and Daryl Duffy got them both, and, mm. and they'd not long both signed for us. And you're thinking, hang on a minute, we might we might do something here yeah. with these lads. You know, they, they could turn out to be big players for us. Parkins goal in particular. It's like peak Johan Crife. The he receives the ball with his back to goal in the area, holds it up and then just turns his man inside out in that way that Parkin could mm. do it, you know, wasn't he? Well, you know, during that that particular time that season. That season, he was absolutely outstanding. It was only kind of 2006 7, wasn't it, where things went south? Well, he didn't. He, I don't things. think
1: he went, got on with Phil Brown anyway,
0: did he? But, um, well, he didn't, but he also didn't get on with, with um, dieting and pre season. No, no, um, <laughs> I remember him coming back to Winston, he was absolutely enormous, the the Deodora kit that we had in 2006-7 was slightly more fitted <laughs> yeah, than the one yeah. the previous year, I remember that kit um, hey do
1: you know what, because I've been clearing yeah. out the loft because we're moving out soon um, We found I found a bag in the loft underneath everything else, why they were there I have no idea, four city shirts and an England shirt and mm-hmm. she was about to throw them out and I was like, oh, eh, yeah, which city shirt?" So it was the Deodora home one there was also Deodora away. Do you remember the light blue one from two thousand and three, yeah. four, or four or five? Was it uh, four,
0: four five, five and four five five six and also six seven? Because Phil Parkinson was uh, mm. he was superstitious about it. Yeah, that's so right, we, we wore that one in six seven in the win away at Southend.
1: Yeah, and then there was two others, and I can't find them. I had them piled here and I think she put them in the wash. But yeah, that oh no, the other one was the home share. For our last season at Boothra Park, oh,
0: okay. um,
1: and I'd been looking for that for ages because I wanted to wear and it. the
0: promotion shirt as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I had Flanagan seven on the back. I'm not even sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even sure why. It's the proper old style. <laughs> like, it's not. It's perfect as well. I've not worn it that much, and I must have got it from my mum's when I moved here, and then it's just been shifted out the way. Delighted that I found them.
0: Yeah, worth keeping hold on. definitely.
1: Um, so yeah. Anyway. You were saying, (laughs) John Uh, Parkin.
0: Oh yeah, John Parkin. uh, Yeah, outstanding goal. And then Duffy's was a a brilliant counter attack goal. And I think that was about as good as things got for Daryl Duffy. Mm. Really, he never quite um, hit the heights with us. Um, As much as somebody that you know you signed for, I think it was two hundred and fifty grand or something from from uh, I want to say Falkirk. Mm, Sounds
1: Uh, familiar. I would not put my money on it, but it does sound. Yeah, I'm sure it was somewhere
0: like that. But yeah, he sent us zone happy and put the the cherry on the icing on the cake with uh, a brilliant counter attacking goal and a fantastic assist from uh, Craig Fagan. The one Craig Fagan, <laughs> love, love Fags. Mm. So that is on YouTube. It's on City's YouTube channel. If you want to go back and relive it. Um, I did. I enjoyed it. Very much. enjoyed it at the time and I enjoyed it this evening.
1: <laughs> Great stuff. Um, so that was obviously very enjoyable this week in City history. We'll do that again same time next week. Um, but now obviously we'll uh, we'll introduce our guest um, and you can hear our chat with Andy Dalton from Amber Nexa podcast. Um, so we'll uh, speak to you next week. We've got Portsmouth and Accrington again coming up, aren't we? Which we do talk about with Andy. <laughs> um, so we'll record again next week. And It's another big week. It's a massive week at the top of the table, which we are currently. Um, hopefully we stay there and then we're having the same conversation next week um, and we're on a promotion run. So, Thoughts Forza. Well, Speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for giving up your time again, Andy. I mean, I'm not sure how um, I'm not sure how long we uh, will ramble on for, but it was a, obviously I, I messaged you earlier. There's a few things that we'll go through, um, kind of chronological order. So we'll we'll start with like your thoughts on season so far, because obviously, me and Rich, like you said, chat shit every week. So it'd be good to get an, in, an, out, an outsider's. Um, <laughs> an outsider's perspective on it. So yeah, season so far, and then we'll talk about the last two games and I think obviously the focus will be on a little bit more of uh, the Accrington game. Um and then yeah about the transfer window afterwards and just anything city related really that we just want to have a chat about. So if that sounds all right we'll uh we'll I'll do the introductions and stuff and, and we can start. Sounds brilliant. Yeah great. Perfect. Um so Obviously, welcome to Tigers, Tigers, blah blah blah. Um, and this is a well, I suppose you'd call it collaboration these days, would you? I don't know if the, I don't know. I'm not down with the linger. I don't think you are. Are you rich? Are you down with the linger?
0: Never have been. No, never have been. Slightest. Never,
1: never will be. I think they call it a collaboration, but I'm not really bothered. But I am bothered that we've got Andy Dalton from uh, the uh, very award it was award winning, wasn't it? Wasn't it the supporters? podcast of the year in 2017 wasn't it <laughs> yeah someone for some reason someone gave that to us <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the um, amber nectar's uh andy dalton which is uh he's joining us on me and rich walker on the podcast today so we're very excited about this um, chatting to somebody who's far more experienced and qualified to talk about City than us two losers, um, so we've uh, we've managed to we managed to get Andy on for a chat, and uh, we're very very grateful for him to uh, have accepted. Um, so I think there's just me and Richard just going to talk about City with you, Andy. If that's all right, it'd be a blast from the past for you, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, nice, it's, nice, it's nice to do it all over again. So thank you for asking. That's all right. You're, you're quite welcome, um, and thank you for accepting. Um, so obviously, I mean Amber Nectar. Um, what, what, when you um, when you decided in in 2019, this is just an aside, but when you decided that you you kind of were not wanting to continue it and things like that, what what was the what was the hope for you? Was did, did you hope that there would be other kind of city uh, city inspired podcasts? Because nothing really happened for a while, did it?
0: I, yeah, I think we
3: we really did hope that um, other other things would crop up. Um, when we started Amber Nectar as a paper fanzine uh, in 1998, we we were partly doing that. Um, it was my, my colleague Les Motherby's wish that something had to replace the preceding City fanzine that wasn't there anymore, and there was nothing to buy on a Saturday afternoon apart from the boring programme. <laughs> um, and that was what um, got us started way back in the 1990s. And so you kind of hope that that will carry on and that there will always be new voices and new outlets for City fans to, to to have their say. Maybe it's a bit easy now with social media and everything like that. Everybody's got a platform, but I, I certainly think there's something to be said for a nice, structured um,
1: outlet. So, obviously, we we touched on the fact that you'd, um, you, you haven't kind of, you know, done this for, for, well, it's coming up two years, isn't it? It's about 18 months. Because it was end of 2018-19 season, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, gosh, yes, it will be, yeah. Because so,
1: yeah, yeah, so about eighteen months-ish, pretty much, yeah. Um, but obviously, nothing, nothing happened for a while, did it? So all of a sudden, now we've got four or five other city podcasts as well, so. <laughs> and um, counting. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be another one next week. it <laughs> um, just seems to be springing up all over the shop, but I suppose it's, it's great for city fans to get there's that much content to get through. I suppose. Um, but it's, it's kind of a, been a bit of a delayed reaction, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, perhaps so. Um, but what, what's the old saying? Nature abhors a vacuum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, weirdly enough, um, something rough, roughly similar happened to us when we started Ambonix as a paper fanzine. Um, all of a sudden, uh, another fanzine started up just after us called Toss. Uh, which is the Tigers on Shit Street? <laughs> and so very, very quickly after that, another one formed. This is when we were still at Boothbury Park, called uh, the Three O'clock at Kempton. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, which was brilliant. I mean, they were all they were all great. Yeah, that was. Um, but we were <laughs> it went from three very quickly, and that's just uh, the ebb and flow of how it goes. But yeah, I, I do. I like the democratisation of social media where everybody can have a say and you're not relying on getting your letter published in the sports mail anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> those were the days, the green sports mail out. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, 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 there's more ways to have a say, which is great. Yeah. And, but yeah, this, this sort of thing is great, so all power to you.
0: The only thing I find with social media is sometimes it can dilute the quality of the content. Like like you say, everybody has an opinion, and, and that can be good. But at the same time, I can remember lurking on Amber Netter's forums, and some of the threads on there or the post-match uh, comments like genuinely would make you laugh out loud because they were so good. And you, Twitter doesn't quite give the same quality of experience for me as that did. And I don't know if that's because everybody can use it. And, you know, Amber Nectar obviously cultivated like its own. Kind of micro culture that I think was very, very funny anyway. I think it
3: was partly that Amber like a lot of things, really was forged at a time when the club was uh, pretty low ed So that, that, you know, it's not like you're setting up a a Liverpool podcast where all you're talking about is how many goals you've won by that week.
1: Kind of <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Do things differently. I, I did, I, I cherished that understatement there of that. Uh, does Twitter slightly dilute the quality? I thought that was an really <laughs> understated way of putting it. Yeah, it, it, it can have that effect, can't it?
0: Yes.
1: I know, Rich. You're you're quite in and out with with social media these days. So I think you just find the mehery a bit too much, don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I think that's just me. That's as much me as, it, as everyone else. I'm, I'm a funny bugger, so sometimes it's easier to stay off these things than, than kind of indulge in any sort of online arguments or anything like that. It's better to do that, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, well, I don't know. I think the, the gallows humour thing that you, you kind of talk about with Amber Nectar, I think that's kind of what we're getting at in it. Um, it's it, the, that sort of culture because there are only certain people on there at that point. It would only be people who were aware of it or wanted to, to get on. And now, you know, just with a hashtag, everyone can get involved with it. And sometimes it's a little bit, I don't know. Sometimes I just mute things <laughs> that, that don't necessarily that I disagree with, but it's just like, oh, you, yeah. I mean, a part of it as well, I think me and Richard talked about this on previous weeks. Part of it is that we've got no voice. In some respects, we can't go to the games together anymore. So fans go to social media to moan. And if you were standing in South Stand, you'd you'd see the same people every week. Um, But you wouldn't necessarily hear what X, Y, and Z has to say in West Stand, and it'd be different to what you would say. But because everyone's saying it on social media, it's I don't know. It
0: it remains there rather than just shouting it. it Yeah, just shouting it
1: in frustration. You're like, oh, he's uses a donkey then somebody might laugh at it or just ignore it. But now people get hold of it and then turn it into something that maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this season, Andy, um, what what are, what are your thoughts this season? Because obviously I don't want to talk about last season because we're not allowed to do that anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, how have you, what have you been either impressed with or what do you think we need to build on this season? Have you, have you been impressed so far with, with McCann and, and and his team?
3: Uh, I'm struggling to reconcile myself to Grant McCann, um, no matter what the league table says. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't about last season, so if we just refer to a prior event... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. been quite a shadow. It, it all feels a little bit, uh, This isn't... I mean, you remember the last time City went up from the league uh, and how amazing it was and we all felt like we were on a great adventure and a journey and we were all in it together mm. and this season just feels like oh, all we're trying to do is correct a mistake and it's just not as gripping, it's not as exciting, there's no feeling of where are we going to go next, it's just a case of something terrible happened, we need to put it right and that's that's the basic expectation but Credit where it is due, um, there are some good signs there, aren't there? I mean, we're, we're top of the table no matter what games played he's doing to the table at the moment. We are top of it. No one's got more points than us. So, in that respect, it's been a good response. And when you look at the mental fragility that has happened uh, previously, there's been it's, it's been impressive to bounce back in that respect. If you're losing games every week that one
0: for a long, long time, done the opposite. So that's, that's kind of impressive, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I, I, I think, think so. so. That was something that I've, I think it was last week I said about it, that the, the way that they've been able to turn that mentality in the squad round, I think has been the most impressive thing. Uh, and it's not really, for me, been until uh, the game against Accrington where I thought that is really of. Kind of matched a team that's at the top of the table. It's the first time I felt like we had the same kind of uh, ruthlessness about us that that we maybe had in two thousand and four five. But you know, re- so rather than the impressive thing being that they've molded this footballing team that is is going to sweep everyone aside that comes up against them, it has been that altering of the the mentality. Like you say, it's such a difficult thing to do, and I don't think that they were perhaps given enough credit for for when they did. You
3: know, turn it around and as quickly as they did. Yeah, I mean, there's not been a, a lengthy period of feeling sorry for ourselves, and I know that it's been a, a pretty fractured uh, year or so in football with long spells off and all that kind of thing. But hey, we, we we did lose a lot of games without and conceded tons of goals, and then we started the season winning a lot and not conceding any, which was remarkable, really. So I think you do have to give credit where it's due. Um, even when, even though there is there is a shadow
1: unavoidably cast over it all, you think it's almost like there's a bit of an asterisk underneath, <laughs> as in like we shouldn't we shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. Is that what you're trying to get at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It basically, it is. Yeah, the, the, yeah. That, what,
1: the previous event was an absolute disgrace. <laughs> um, well I, I lost count of the amount of episodes me and Rich did that went over an hour and a half of just us rambling at the end of last season about how unhappy we were with everything because <laughs> I don't think we scored a goal for the last five games of that previous event
3: it's the catharsis you need and because you're not at a game and you can't just shout about how, how rubbish it is you can either howl into the void of Twitter
1: or you can <laughs> uh, let it loose oh, <laughs> it is a void uh, but obviously there has been a lot of positives there and obviously the first thing that that was mentioned was like the the turning around of a of a negative kind of losing up um losing mentality and that is really difficult to do as we said but there's been a lot of uh, a lot of minutes for kind of academy boys and and young whole lads aren't there uh, this season and and that's got to be a positive hasn't it
3: yeah it, it's a positive in uh the We've actually got players in our youth set now who are capable of coming in and stepping up straight away to, to, to league football. You don't have to be particularly old to remember when um, a whole born player coming through the ranks was a little bit of a collector's item, and you could probably reel them all off from the 90s, the, the likes of uh, Greaves and Edwards. But there were the exception. It just didn't happen very often because no one else... We, we just had to get our players from elsewhere because we weren't developing them ourselves which, of course, goes back to Fish and Dolan and all that kind of um, caper. But
1: um... <laughs> Caper's a good word as well. There's some crackers coming out tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um,
3: it's good, isn't it? You but, automatically, whether it's right or wrong, you just identify with the whole lad, just that little bit more, and he's he's allowed one more misplaced pass than everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Funny, isn't it? But it's true.
1: Yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I, I agree with you with that. I mean, I think... Um, yeah, such. I mean, for Greaves, for example. I mean, what what story you've got with with Jacob Greaves, haven't you? Um, and the way he kind of fitted into the first team, you know, from but sort of middle of what was it, back end of October, um, and didn't really miss a game, and he, his form did start to dip, but nobody really got on his back, and. That's maybe if it was somebody from you know I was a Liverpool youngster or something. People have started for calling him to get the chop earlier on, and that didn't really happen, did it? So I think I think that's a fair point.
0: Yeah, it's a great. Um, The only thing with um, the the young lads breaking in from our academies, I always feel like that's something else that kind of needs an asterisk on it. It's like they are coming into the team, but that's only because we don't spend any money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah you know beggars can't be choosers, I suppose and the lads that are coming in all of them I think justifiably in the team the ones that are there but it always just reminds me that the only reason they were able to get their chances because of of the decline of the club in recent years at least that's how I feel about it I don't think that the emphasis would have been on the youth policy so much if we were still looking to compete at the sharper end of the division or you know the football league pyramid anyway I don't know what you think about that
3: it's a fair point, isn't it? Um, I mean, I like the likes of um, Josh Tymon, would he have seen any football whatsoever if, mm-hmm. um, if things had been different? But um, it is still a success story. Um, we've, got, we've got Fleming, he, he looks a really good player. Um, and I like the fact that other, other teams want our young players now. Um, and that that wasn't always the case either. They, they would generally...
0: No, it still feels like a novelty that, doesn't it? Well
3: that's it, if, if City get a youth player through and he doesn't for whatever reason it doesn't happen for him at city, you know that he's go- he might go somewhere that isn't more fair of your whole road rangers now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen to that as well. So It just they just seem to be full of city rejects, didn't they, those two clubs really <laughs> over the years.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's just it's not a an especially on any of those boys who I mean, you know if you're, if you're playing for North Ferry you're still a very very good footballer oh
1: far better than either of me and Rich put together
3: ever I would have thought but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but but league quality is a different thing isn't it and we, we produce yeah. them now and whether we, whether it's because we're having to or not it's a tricky one isn't it but the fact that there's young players from Paul playing for Hull city it's, it's one of those things that every football fan can just it makes you, it makes you hate city a bit less <laughs> Yeah
1: yeah yeah it's a little that, that little thing to be proud of, isn't it? Really, um, I think at one point there was—I I, I tried to work this out. You know, the Fleetwood game the other week in the cup. I don't know if you watched that one, Andy, but mm. um, there were 4 whole Hull-born lads on the pitch at once because there was Coyle, Keen, Lewis Potter, and then Salam, as well as um, Fleming, as well. So I was, I thought that was, I think that was the highest number we've had in a long while because it was three earlier on in the season that matched. I think when Bambi and Windus and there was somebody else, um, in the 2000s that, that played. Um, so there's 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 lots of good things that have that have happened this season. But as you say, you know, there's there's always going to be an asterisk or a, a footnote at the end of it. Um, if we talk about the last couple of games, because me and Rich often just have a chat about, oh, this was good or this was bad or whatever, but Um, the Blackpool game um, how how was what did you take away from that?
3: Wasn't it the classic case of you need a second goal?
1: Uh, (laughs) There's there's quite a few occasions this season that we've thought (laughs) that
3: (laughs) Yeah it's so important isn't it you only have one corner as we saw one moment of madness away from (laughs) 90 good minutes being undone in one moment but you're not going to once you two up you usually hum and dry if you're one of the better sides in the division and it was so frustrating that I think City had um I I did some research. I think we had do we have two shots on target in the Blackpool game it's just not it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, granted it's uh, it's more than Portsmouth had when they beat us here, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing great is going to come off two shots on target. You've, you've got to do more and have more about you, I think. And that was, I thought, it with a better time for most of it. Do you, do you think? Mm-hmm. That we just we didn't, we didn't cash in when we were on top.
1: It was a massive moment of madness. I don't know about you, Rich, but we, I was tearing my hair out with that. With Smallwood and Burke falling over, it was just comedy <laughs> football, wasn't it?
0: It was. <laughs> I think Andy makes a good point there. When it's like we we, it was the occasion where we needed the second goal, mm. um, and it's it for me. It goes back to that lack of killer instinct again because we were the better side, and it was like we weren't we weren't willing to turn the screw to assert that dominance in in terms of the scoreline, and then Richie Smallwood's pass back to Burke was the same part of the same thing. It was so casual. There was no, there was no care in it, so it, it felt symptomatic, you know, the fact that we were only 1-0 up at that point, and then we put ourselves in a position where we're down to 10 men, it was all part of the same, <laughs> yeah, just a, the lack of killer instincts, I'm, I'm searching for the word, but that, that for me, was the problem in that particular
2: game. But
1: for me, it didn't even need to make that pass. I mean, he could put it down the channel, either channel, or pass it... What? Why is he passing it there? I was I was just perplexed by the whole thing. I was
0: like, he's got his back to... He's facing Rhys Burke, isn't he? I know, but... So, you play the way you're facing, I think, but it's it's a simple pass. Yeah. Is, he just gets it wrong.
1: I mean, he's great. to me, Smallwood's been great this season, although I have seen a lot on re- recently on social media of people saying that Smallwood's not been good for a few weeks. and I mean, I think part of that is that he's not played for 18 months until he's signed for us, and then he's played every single game. And I think he's going to get, you know, he's had the two-week break where we didn't have the games from COVID and everything like that. But I, I don't think he's been amazed in the last few games, but I still think he's put in some decent performances. I don't know what you think, Andy, but I, I've been impressed with Smallwood this season so far, apart from that, obviously.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, it's a good point, actually, that he's... he's uh... Playing a lot of games that he's not used to, and there's going to come a dip in performance as a consequence. It's, it's no good shouting at football, you should be able to play it, and it's, well, they can, but they're going to have a, a dip off in performance if they're, not, if they're not doing it regularly for throughout the preceding months and years. But I think he's been all right, and it was just it, you can't legislate for that. Um, it's just a, a freak occurrence, isn't it? You mm-hmm. might never see it again, um, but. The fact is, that should have been a consolation goal.
1: Yeah, it should have done. And actually, they could have won it really because they really put the pressure on us in the last sort of eight nine minutes, didn't they? <laughs> we went out to ten. <laughs> it Was a bit nervy. Yeah, but obviously, I mean, the, then we go to the Accrington game. I'm sure there's a lot more we can talk about with that because I don't know about you boys, but that for me that should have been about seven or eight nil. I don't know if we go to Andy first, but uh, what what did you think of the Accrington game? <laughs> it, it it
3: sounds a bit sour to say um having one three nil to go back top of the table to to try and really pick faults. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe you should call them means of improvement, but um you're not going to get many occasions where you've got 20 minutes up against the side that's completely lost, no interest in anything anymore with the man down. You could argue that the City should have cashed in there and they should now have the best goal difference in the division. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that's a, that's a minor grumble, Really, I thought we were excellent throughout. And what I really enjoyed was the fact that when we won the luck, actually, it did look like we'd maybe taken something on board from the Black Hole game and we were going to learn from that and try and get that second goal because it did look as though we were the same the same level of performance that took us to one 0 looked like it was maintained up to two 0 And that, that that difference there at 2 0 I knew the game was over. Um, and that that was I think the most impressive thing really, the fact that we drove forward
0: for a second goal. Mm. Rich. I suppose in in, in among in among the kind of disappointment at the number of results this season and, and the games where we haven't put our foot on the throat of, of teams, you forget, don't you, the average age of the squad that we have, and particularly the first eleven that we're putting out? It's it's a young side, and I suppose they're growing together. And you're not always going to get that um, that killer instinct. Like you know, the 2004 five team is is an easy example because we're playing at the same level. But they had a lot of seasoned professionals and, and you know, one exceptional player in Nick Barnby that would, you know, when when the time needed, it would kind of carry his team through difficult occasions. We had a number of players that could do that in that team because they were established. I don't know that the same can be said for this side. So it's it's perhaps an easy thing to throw at them, isn't it? And maybe the Accrington game was a sign that they are picking up on these things and they're learning from it.
3: I hope so. Yeah. I mean, game management is so important, and you, you rightly mentioned about the 2004-05 side. Well, that, that knew how to manage a situation, and I suppose you can only get that with experience. And It, it is a young side, but you want to see signs of that improvement, don't you? And I know we're only reading into two games here, but the the difference in how we approached things at 1-0 in those two games is really encouraging.
1: I mean, the other thing that I thought was, I mean, obviously, there has been a few games. I think when we just go back before Christmas and you look at things like Doncaster, because we, we were the better side, should have been all three or four up, and then they equalise. And we managed, Eves manages to get the goal in the last minute. And, you know, that, that I think that one is maybe us getting away with it when we had so, so profligate in front of goal where you have all of those chances and you just end up taking one or two. But we did look like we were going to score every time we went forward, didn't we? Against Accrington, even even at two and three nil, we were still going for it. It was just in the end, I think, it was finishing and composure that let us down. Because I think Wilt could have scored five or six on a different night. Yeah, I mean, th- I, I mean, this the one thing I will say in his defence. I mean, what is he, twenty one, twenty two? If he could finish the amount of chances he creates for himself, he would not be with us, would he? <laughs> I
3: think he's exactly right. He's, he's with City in League One because there are parts to his game that aren't as good as others, and that's. That, that's why he's with, us, and that's all right because i he makes things happen and he scares other teams and i I, I like that i like I like watching other teams on the defensive against us and
1: not knowing quite what to do It's, it's brilliant <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy the Accrington <laughs> game, I must say i mean that number five he must must be seeing Wilkes and his bad dreams because he just turned him over all the time. <laughs> And he ended up being sent off right for of wrestling uh, Greaves to the floor. And somehow their manager lost their head and said that it shouldn't have been a penalty. But, I mean, <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious to watch. But, I mean, the other thing is we've signed, um, we've signed a couple of players in the, in the transfer window. Um, and one we saw like quite, I don't know, a nice little cameo for 20 minutes um, was Danny Crowley. Um, what did either of you make of of him coming on in midfield?
0: Well, he, he looked he looked like he fancied it, didn't he? First game in a while. He, he was picking the ball up in some very dangerous areas. Um, I wish I really really wish that that chip oh, it was that he tried had gone be in.
1: Beautiful, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, that would have been like the whole City equivalent of Eric Cantona's yeah, tip against Sunderland exactly. from Man United years ago. I thought, I thought ago.
1: exactly the same. It's the same. It was just having a look and having a little dink and it was maybe two or three inches over the bar. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm really puzzled as to why Karanka at uh, um, Birmingham do not fancy him. He it, it, it seems to be, I mean, he's, he's slotted right in there and he's a, he's a bit rusty. You'll need a little bit of time to to get up to speed, because he's not played very regularly, has he at all, this season. But a lot of the Birmingham fans on Twitter were raging that he'd come to us.
3: Quite quite a functional manager, isn't he, Karanka,
1: in a lot of ways. So perhaps he was mm. finding it tricky to find a place for him. But... Well, maybe, maybe he's married to a certain system and won't deviate. I mean, imagine if we had a manager like that. They <laughs> do <laughs> No... Definitely, definitely not <laughs> round here. Um, but I mean, in fairness, he, he he kind of came on that number ten role and was wanting the ball all the time. And he he, did, he I think he'll be a decent player, won't he, for us? Um, I mean, I've been impressed with George Honeyman this season, but he definitely gives us more options in midfield.
3: He, he looks like he gives you an option ten yards further forward as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's been the. Th- I think we've addressed two things maybe with that signing is one, the dependence on Honeyman to be available. I think we saw that a uh, couple of games before Christmas that he missed, how badly we did miss him. Um, you know, the way that he's able to link play between midfield and the centre forward who can quite often be isolated in the system that we play. And like Andy says, that Crowley's going to give you the option 10 yards further on is that somebody can link up with that centre forward now and, and give them somebody that's you know more like a partner to, to play off. I think that'll you know benefit us in those two areas, definitely. Um,
1: and then obviously, one of the biggest, I think the biggest signing we'll probably make in terms of keeping city fans happy and, and getting morale boosted was the uh, was the signing of Keen Lewis Potter for finally getting over the line after all of that. Um, I'm interested to know, Andy. Obviously. It, lots of times when we talk about things, I often wonder what um, Amber Nectar would have said about different things. But what's your? And now it's sorted, and we can be happy about Louis Potter playing and starting again, and not having to worry about anything else that happened before. What's what's what was your take on the on the whole situation? I was just interested to know.
3: It's just such a, a sordid, nasty, squalid little affair, wasn't it? Really. <laughs> even now it leaves a sour taste and goodness knows what the player thinks who's been treated in this manner I know that Ehab is one of those people who knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing and you you can see that he's not learned a single solitary lesson in any point during his um, time misrunning the club but it's how on earth is Lewis Potter going to have the same love and affection for City that he had a year ago and I, it worries me a lot that this is not as done and dusted as we would all hope it is, because he's clearly a, an excellent player who can play at a higher level than this. And I'm mm-hmm. just worried that um, it's opened his eyes really, and maybe tarnished his hometown club a little bit. Um, well, I mean, welcome to our world if that's the case, young man. But. <laughs> <laughs> He, um, makes things happen. Um, I know that everybody's rightly enthused about the the, the goal he created for Wilkes against mm. what, I, what I so much enjoyed was not necessarily as much the turn, which is a bit of skill that a lot of people can do, but it's the way of pass and the tanning of the pass as well. And it was like it was like Rob Horan and Standard yeah. City again. And it was it was absolutely beautiful. Um, Mm. so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy he's, he's, he's signed up I just do worry if there are longer term ramifications to he being been doing in such an atrocious mm. manner but I'm I'm always a glass half empty kind of person maybe, maybe it's all done maybe we are sorted maybe he'll be scoring his first City hat-trick in the Premier League in five years who knows
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well I, I'm the same I don't, I don't think it is a, a case of being glass half empty I think it's, it's Looking at it with a and in an even-handed fashion, um, because he'll he'll have had a crash course this you know past month six weeks in in the fact that football is very much a business and as much as he tells you know his teammates that the only club he wants to play for is City, it's a realization that perhaps sometimes those things aren't in your control, and if they are, is it necessarily the best thing for your career to you know to treat it as if you were still a fan. Um I'm pleased that he's signed. The other thing that, that worries me about it is the effects that it would have on contract negotiations for future players or other you know, other players that we're trying to bring in, not necessarily just ones that we have in the squad. It's it's a very public example that perhaps what we the clauses that we insert into contracts can't necessarily be trusted. So if that's something that you're using to try and sway a player into signing with you or re-signing with you, saying we'll give you such and such incentive. And if you prove that you're worth it, we will, you know, honour this agreement. And it's a very tangible example of actually, <laughs> no, you won't. You will backload this contract mm. to 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 incentivize the signing for me and then pull the rug out from underneath when when the time's come and I've earned what you said you would pay me.
3: Yeah, spot on. Every single agent in the country seen what's happened and they'll, they'll respond accordingly.
0: Mm. I mean, it is interesting that... It's, it's, it, it's something that City have, have used to their advantage in um, certainly in the last four or five years is kind of the options on on deals and, you know, the year option. And I would assume that there are other things where appearances and, and goals and what have you have been incentivised for players, they're, they're, they're very cute with the way that they negotiate their contracts so it's almost cutting off their nose to spite their face because is that now an effective tactic for them to use? It's, it was an odd decision for me to to kind of negotiate it to the extent that they did. It felt like something that they had already done and then decided they weren't happy with it.
1: Last couple of things Andy before we, uh, before we let you go because we've been very generous with your time. Um, last thing. Um, obviously, we 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 talked about some of the things with uh, some of the signings and contract we we've, we've we've done in the in the transfer window. Um, do you think we need any more reinforcements before the window shuts?
3: <sighs> I don't think managers ever really stop looking, do they? And that's probably the right mm-hmm. thing to do. I think everybody would probably. Uh, Want another striker. I have to sadly conclude that it's just not working for Eves here. And I I actually quite like him. And I think some of the sticky gets is ignorant and excessive. But um, it just isn't. He's going backwards, unfortunately. And I think a fresh start might suit him. I don't think McGuinness is ever going to score you a a hat full of goals. So you could argue that another striker could be the the focal point. But then again, maybe we've talked ourselves into not needing that. If, if, if Crowley's going to be the boy um, who's going to provide a more direct threat through the middle, even if he's arriving late and he's not taking up a, a traditional number nine kind of position, we might be able to get by without that because we know that we've got wingers who like to cut in anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I think that would be the most obvious one. But other than that, on paper, we've got, Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being unusually optimistic and you you, you can piss on my tips now, but <laughs> it, it feels like we've got an eleven and also a squad that should be able to sustain a challenge. Have we? Rich,
1: I'll let you add to that first.
2: No,
0: I completely agree with that. The strength of the bench, I think, on Tuesday night mm. uh, showed that. It... <laughs> the only thing I think that... That would have an effect is, is you know, if we were uh, caught with another outbreak of COVID and in a position where we were still required to play games. But I think that is another positive of, of this season is that the, the transfer business that they've conducted has been very, very good. We've got players in every position where it's it's almost like a straight either or. Whoever plays, you feel relatively comfortable in the knowledge that they are able to to put in a performance. You know, you look at uh, the the game against Accrington where Louis Coyle's come in and for, for arguably everybody's player of the season, Josh Emanuel, and he's not missed a beat. Mm. And the same goes for Alfie Jones coming in for Jacob Greaves. It, it, we're lucky in that respect. I think I think Andy is right when he says <coughs> that the only position where you could say that on paper we need to improve is centre forward, but it's, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? McCann said himself in his post-game presser that you know everybody wants a centre forward and it, they don't come cheap, and that's that's amplified even in January because you're working in a in a pressurised market to try and bring those players in.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are so many people. and Again, you you, you go back to the you know the. Uh, the, the, the Twitter echo chamber of City. And a lot of people are just saying, oh, well, you know, Wilk should play through the middle or Lewis Potter should play through the middle. And I think those, those two players have shown that they can do that. And, and there is the option for that, but it's not always, the game's not always going to suit that style, is it? Um, you know, if, if jo- Josh McGinnis still isn't fit, in my eyes, um, because the COVID obviously had such a, a big impact on him, he's still struggling with his fitness. Um, and obviously, Eves is out injured as well. So you've got no real recognised kind of big target man striker. But you, you could, you, I mean, it didn't didn't seem to matter against Accrington, and they were one of the informed teams, didn't it? So I, 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 it just depends. But I think we could we could do maybe with somebody like uh, I mean, I don't know, the Johnson Clark Harris types. You know, where they need one chance and they score that sort of thing. But they're so rare in this league that
0: mm. I just think there's, there's a reason why he says when we've had this discussion previously, there's a reason why Clark Harris is the only player that has come up mm. as an example, because, you know, that that sort of player is very rare.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think so. Um, and obviously, coming this
1: weekend, we've got a quick double header coming up as well. Just to get your thoughts on that. And before we go, um, we've got Portsmouth and then we've got Accrington again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. um, Paul Accrington, I can't imagine that they're uh, relatively... <laughs> after a bit of a chasing. Yeah, um,
1: you say that. You say that. we yeah, will <laughs> go to their place in Typical City all over again. It looks out for a
3: bit of Typical City, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm interested. The Portsmouth game really interested yeah. me um, because I thought they did a real number on us here. Mm. Um, even allowing for the freakish nature of the win in terms of how the goals came, I thought they we were the better side um, and deserved what we got was sort a of great away performance and now it's incumbent on City to put in a great away performance, isn't it? They've, we've not really struggled on the road this season we've got as many, almost as many points away as home, so there's no reason we can't go there and look to win i take a point, and uh, I think we've got to be pragmatic, but mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how we do and how how the mood of the camp is now that we've hopefully got things back on track by, by a effort, and is, I hope that's not the blip, I, so yes. back to how they were towards the end of last year, but we'll, we'll see. They're, they're a good side out at the end. Um, yeah. They could easily test over if we're not at it.
0: Yeah, that's that's the worry, isn't it? Is that, like you say the, the game against Accrington was the anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ports, Portsmouth's form is exceptional at the moment as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah,
1: they they score the free scoring, and, and I, they didn't. Really, I mean, I know they didn't have a shot on target against us, but like Andy says, I, I think it was textbook away performance, and they just looked more up for it than we did. Um, and we were top at the time, so I'm not hundred percent sure why that was, but obviously, opportunity to put it right and everything like that on Saturday, isn't it? So it will be a very interesting encounter. I'm uh, I'm sure about that. Um, so I mean, Andy, thanks so much for giving up your your uh, your time. And uh, recording with us. It's been, uh, it's been really enjoyable to speak to you. No, it's been enough. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thank you, gentlemen, for asking me. Uh,
3: so, um... Can I
0: just ask you, Andy, before we let you go? Um, this might be something that you don't remember given how far back it was. I, um, I remember the first issue of Ammoneta that I picked up, I was quite late to it, um, had the Brian Laws football manager on the back of it. Can I ask who came up with that?
3: Brian Laws football manager. We, we even did. Uh... Gosh, we, we did a sort of mocked-up um, space invaders called Skunt Invaders. Uh, <laughs> must still have a copy of it. So I'd like to think I do. Um, I think um, I think Les was always quite know, So anything, anything having to go at that. Uh, Incontinent halfway, it was probably.
0: <laughs> but that's what I remember of it. It was um, like his options after a game or something, and, and they included the throw a plate of chicken at Star Striker and <laughs> piss pants and things like that. It's, it stayed with me for 20 years. Absolutely brilliant.
3: He, poor old White, his thing that he applied for the city job a couple of times, you know.
0: Um, but but th- I, th- I often think that that's why it. he had such a chip on his shoulder yeah. about us. Imagine if he
3: got it. <laughs> His thinking never really evolved past about 1994, did it? He, he was a no. member, <laughs> product of his time and never, never. Did that. But yeah, Brian Laws. It's you do forget, don't you, um, so quickly and easily that Brian Laws and Scunthorpe were our our nemesis and used to play a Team called York and all that sort of thing. So it's been, <laughs> been, it's been quite the adventure. I hope we don't get quite
1: back to that stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I must admit I've seen people reminiscing about trips to Booth and Crazy oh, yeah, on Twitter this week. Oh, I saw
1: that. And they can fuck right off, I'm <laughs> telling you now.
0: Oh, it was a shithole. <laughs> I don't miss it whatsoever. No. That's a horrible ground. Yeah.
1: Not like Booth Park, the best ground in the world <laughs> ever. <laughs> and we all know that's true. But that's something we can all I agree <laughs> I don't know about Come that. I don't know about that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's that's brilliant. Thank you, Andy, for joining us. And uh, I'm sure in uh, in in a uh, few weeks and months, Sam will be uh, will be wanting to hear you know hopefully all about your, how you feel about the promotion to championship. So we might have to get you back on towards the back end of the season. <laughs> it's a deal. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thanks again, mate. Thank
0: you very much, guys. Cheers. Speak Cheers, Andy. You. Take it easy. See you to later. Cheers.
2: Say, only fools rush in, but I can't help falling. Surely to the sea, darling, so it